0: Hi, I'm Garth
1: Hand. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're
2: the Forex
0: Angels, and you're listening to the V8 Insiders.
3: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell.
1: Kelly Racing cements its lineup.
0: You know we're giving those guys absolutely everything in our power to to get a good result.
1: Testing starts to heat up, and HRT goes retro. It's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition
4: of the V8 Insiders. Teams
1: were out in force this week as new cars and driver combinations were taking to the track. Jason Bright got his first laps of his new trading post Commodore, while all eight of Kelly Racing's drivers were on the track at Winton, along with Gary Rogers' Fujitsu racing team. Mark Winterbottom completed about 60 laps on Monday at Winton, checking fuel tank capacity and, importantly, economy. In Queensland, Stone Brothers have given David Brabham his first laps of the Irwin car, while Team Vodafone has tested their new ride. Craig Lowndes and Mark Scaife have teamed up together for the first time in 10 years. With the pair sharing the car, Lowndes was happy to see his old mate back at the wheel while Scafie was happy with the way the car was feeling. Most of the VE Mark IIs will continue their shakedown as we come closer to Phillip Island. Jim Beam Racing has had a trouble-free day with both cars running well. Lucas D'Umbrell's Gulf Western Oil team is in the unique position that they are not running a car with a regular driver for the Enduros. Following Daniel Gaunt's departure from the team, Cameron McConville linked up with them at Townsville, but has already been contracted to HRT for the Enduros. That has left Mark Nosky and Nathan Pretty with the honours. This week, they got some good laps under their belt at Winton. Talking about Daniel Gaunt, and he is firming his favourite to be the emergency replacement for Greg Murphy. As reported last week, Murphy is recovering from back surgery. Gaunt, who is testing the Castrol Commodore for Paul Morris Motorsport this week, has been with the series for all but the Townsville round, finishing every race. Now, Paul Morris has offered his friend Boris Sedd the opportunity to drive the car at Phillip Island, but Sedd would have to forego some U.S. commitments to make the race. And following his nationwide NASCAR win at Montreal last weekend, Sedd may decide to try and keep the momentum going in North America. Walkinshaw Performance confirmed their driver lineup this week. Garth Tander is joined by Cam McConville and Will Davison with David Reynolds. They'll share the number 2 HRT car. Over at Bundy Racing, Fabian Coulthard will drive with Craig Baird, while Andrew Thompson is joined by Nick Perkatt. Bundy Red Racing has unveiled a new livery for the rest of 2010, while HRT have been celebrating their 20th anniversary and returning to a retro livery at this year's Bathurst 1000. Dale Wood will return to the series in the driver's seat at Kelly Racing, this time pairing up for the Enduros with Todd Kelly in the Jack Daniels number 7. Todd said that Dale Wood has come in strong in testing this season.
0: You know, Dale's good with with that he doesn't have an ego and he's not going to be concerned about not being in the car.
1: Dale Wood talked about the opportunity he was receiving by driving with Todd at Phillip Island and Bathurst.
0: From the test days and that we've had, I'm really comfortable and, and happy in the car and, and obviously they were happy enough with the job that I was doing.
1: Kelly is looking forward to an exciting enduro season with Wood because the two drivers share a similar setup.
0: You know, It's going to be on for young and old this time at Phillip Island and especially Bathurst in qualifying with all of the top drivers in their own cars to try and get into the top ten and do a good job there is going to be harder than it's been in the history of the event so to be in a car that's almost identical to my car and a car that I'm comfortable in without having to change too much is a a huge positive for me as well so um you know, hopefully it will work quite well together.
1: While on Kelly Racing, it has been announced that Taz Douglas will join Tony Riccadillo in the number 16 Stratco Commodore for Phillip Island and Bathurst. He's excited about his chance to feature in the main
0: game. Probably looking forward to Phillip Island and Bathurst more than any race that I've done before because I'm just getting so much information off Todd and Rick. Douglas,
1: who's recovering from Bukit's lymphoma, this year was able to give some insight into his battle. You
0: know, lying in, uh, in hospital at the start of the year, I never thought I'd be where I am now. I just thought, um, you know, the, the year was a bit of a write-off, just come back maybe. You know, I wasn't even planning on coming back this year. I just thought I'd see how I go. I went around to Townsville and, fortunate enough, there was still a seat available.
1: He's been training hard and will be fully fit for his attack on the enduros. I've
0: been training flat out, swimming, riding, all, all kinds of fitness and training with the guys here. So I'm doing as much as I can out of the car. But, you know, as they say, there's nothing like seat time and being race fit.
1: Team owner Todd Kelly says that Stratco Commodore is one to look out for and will perform well at Phillip Island.
0: They're going to be a, uh, a pretty good combination. And, um, you know, Taz has been through, through a huge amount. In the last 12 months, and it just you know it's good to be able to give a young bloke like that a you know a crack in him.
1: Matthew White Motorsport will be confirming their endurance lineup very soon, with Ant Pedersen and Damien Asante expected to be sharing the drive. Andrew Fisher's name's now popping up over at Greg Murphy Motorsport, and of course, teams have till this Friday to lodge their applications for wildcards into Sydney. A lot of speculation that Marcus Ambrose might be on the books. Well, the teams have got to get their lodgement in three months ahead of time, which would put this Friday as the deadline. We'll be interested to see next week how many wildcard applications there has been. Martin Whittaker has told V8X Magazine that next year... V8 Supercars Australia will endeavour to have the Middle East rounds shown live into Australia. And a Middle East trophy will be awarded to the highest point scorer at the two events. Telstra is giving away the chance to go to the Sydney 500 and have your message to your favourite driver on the wall of the track. Visit telstra.com forward slash get on track to find out all the details... The opportunity expires at the end of October. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Peter Norton and Briar Gunther will join me and we'll be joined by Tegan Lloyd and Laura Horton to talk grid girls. One time, I bet you wish, this was a video cast. And then on the white flag lap, we find out what rock stars were in the car at Phillip Island with Rick and Todd Kelly. I'm bad, just
2: a to me to my Come
3: Controversy corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
0: Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8
1: Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. And just ahead of the grid, girls, we have two people who are beautiful in their own way. Of course, from Inside Motorsport, Peter Norton, and from FedEx Magazine, Briar Gunther. Good evening, both of you.
5: Hi, Craig. Hi there, Craig.
1: And... I can tell you now, uh, there's one question I haven't asked because I know the answer. Why are there no grid men in V8 supercars? And when I've seen Peter in his riding gear, that's why men don't wear spandex.
2: Oh, yes, isn't that true?
1: Guys, uh, interesting times. We're finally getting to the end of this ridiculous long break, and I'm fascinated to see in the latest V8X magazine, Briar, that you had a chance to speak with the head of V8 Supercars, Martin Whitaker, and you've ruled out, and he's ruling out, an eight, a nine-week break in the middle of the season in future years.
5: Yeah, that's right. Uh... It was actually Bruce Newton who wrote the article um, and, and interviewed Martin Whittaker. But Yes, he certainly did say that the break will not be so long next year. He didn't really give any sort of in- indication on how long it will be, um, but he's saying it won't be eight weeks long. So the, the thing is it will be really interesting then to see how the calendar goes because um, we've already sort of heard that uh, Abu Dhabi will be run a week earlier than it was this year, which extends the championship by a week. So I'm not sure exactly how long a mid season break is going to be next season, but I'm pretty sure there
1: definitely will be one. Peter, what's your thoughts?
5: Um,
0: I think that a lot has already been said about the long break this year. It's not optimum. Um, I do see some merit, though, in having a a break of some sort, just not as long. And I I think I'm probably speaking for many people at the frustration of uh, not having a calendar yet. Um, You know, the average punter through to people in the industry need to get busy uh, booking travel and other arrangements and, you know, organise their whole life. Um, It's frustrating that we we don't have any dates yet.
1: I guess at the end of the day, we'll have a calendar by Bathurst and uh, it is going to be interesting to see how they slot everything into position. Of course, we're going to be racing for two championships next year with the Desert Cup being decided and uh, of course the first two races of the championship Peter are going to be for uh, the Desert Cup and a championship will be granted even before we hit Australian soil
0: yes again there's always that debate about is it the right thing to start the season so far from home and whether that really is a suitable launch for a fantastic year ahead. But uh, I think that uh, over time we'll get used to it a little bit more and things like the Desert Cup will uh, raise the profile of those two events in their own kind of right. Um, Yeah I think it'll work out pretty well.
1: Brian what's your thoughts on it?
0: I think it's
5: a good idea because as you said sort of opening the championship uh, overseas isn't what the fans really want to see at the end of the day i understand why it's done uh, due to weather constraints and things like that you can't have it later in the year uh, but i think it's a good idea because it just sort of you know you go here you go there's the, the start of the season and we're having it over in the middle east and uh, well we'll have a championship over there as well to, to be a bit of a you know it wouldn't be any sort of a, a championship point type thing you wouldn't be getting any extra points i don't imagine towards the rest of your championship, but I think it just sort of sets it apart to say, here we go, we're racing over here, and hey, let's have a bit of fun while we're at it as well.
1: Mm. Well, they've already tried the championship in a championship with the Grand Slam, which uh, caught a lot of attention when it was launched, but has faded out pretty quickly after about Clipsal.
5: But that's because um, there hasn't been any sort of, well, no races have been on yet for it, so until we get to Bathurst, no one's really going to, to pay any attention to that, and if Garth doesn't win, we'll then
1: it doesn't matter. Mm. It's an interesting one, isn't it? That uh, We've seen in the IndyCars this year, it certainly has helped the series, Peter, having the Mario Andretti Cup and the AJ Foyt Cup and then the championship on top of that.
0: Yes, I think it not only creates a, a bit of a talking point for media and the fans, but uh, I think it also helps if you can put up something that's, it's big in its own right. A, you know, a notable trophy, for example, or uh, what they're, they're trying to do for, you know, say the, the appearance at the uh, Australian Formula One Grand Prix is ha- have a decent whack of money or something there to get people out there to fight, uh, make it worth fighting for rather than just a, a routine week. And I think that's what we perhaps need for the Middle East as well, is not just a championship within a championship, but uh, you know, have a really big prize uh, purse available so that people go over there really wanting to fight and uh, you know, that action and, and that angst may make it more newsworthy back here to make it a proper launch.
1: Mm. Well, we've ha- had racing... Well, sorry, we haven't had racing. We've had cars on the track back here right throughout, almost uh, right throughout the mid-winter break. And, uh, Briar, interesting that uh, Jason Bright was quite outspoken on the v Insider saying, I was talking about having the practice days and uh, having ride days as uh, being a bit of a rort but he was quite blunt and pointed that the rort isn't the ride days the rort is the rookie days and uh, I guess it was completely highlighted up in Queensland this week.
5: Yeah that's right Jason did say something on a a previous insider show not long ago and um, he obviously was a bit worked up about it because he then went and got on Twitter and and um, and had some things to say about it, and so did a couple of the other drivers for that matter, like Garth Tander, I I believe he also posted a couple of Twitter messages about it as well, and it was the fact that uh, this week at Queensland Raceway, where all the Queensland teams are testing, Mark Scaife took part in a rookie day for Team Vodafone, Uh, even Jamie Winkup said, I don't know how Mark Scaife is a rookie, Uh, but obviously he wasn't complaining, but uh, the other drivers are, because... They say, well, hang on, he's a five-time V8 champion, five-time Bathurst champion. How can you call him a rookie? And that's fair enough. I understand where they're coming from.
1: Mm. Peter, your thoughts on rookie scafe.
0: Well, I think they've clearly overstepped the line there. And uh, as a side point, I'm really enjoying uh, this year Jason Bright speaking his mind on a few things. Um, He's helping raise the the profile of many issues that uh, normally uh, uh, sort of back in the... Uh, in the back rooms, he's bringing them out and uh, creating a bit of debate on things that really need to be thought about.
5: Mm. The other thing, Craig, though, is that it's actually not banned. Team Vodafone is well within their rights to uh, to do that, to run Mark Skaff or, or anyone else, that matter, under rookie rules. So maybe it's V8 supercars that need to, um, to clamp down on that and stop anyone, not just Team Vodafone, but any other teams with really experienced drivers from, from taking advantage of these rules. I,
0: and
1: um, Yeah, I'm not saying that it's illegal... Um, I'm not saying it's illegal. You have so many uh, rookie days or evaluation days, as uh, Jason called them, and I think they're rightly called evaluation days. And he said we keep seeing the same names popping up week or year after year on evaluation days. But perhaps it comes back to the fact that the limit on testing is just so restrictive, young guys can't get the laps in the cars they need to be able to be competitive.
5: Oh, I agree, but. Mark Scaifey isn't a young bloke. <laughs> no offence, Scapy.
1: Look, uh, we do have to wrap it up here because we have some very special guests after the break. But uh, thanks once again for your time. Looking forward to catching up with both of you down there at Phillip Island.
5: Thanks, Craig.
1: Thanks, Craig. It's always a pleasure. Briar Gunther and Peter Norton joining us there on a slightly shorter round table because after the break, Teagan Lloyd and uh, Laura Horton are going to join us from Miss Teague Promotions. We find out what really goes on in the world of grid girls.
4: You've taken the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing.
3: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au.
1: Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. And joining me this week, it's one of those times where people wish it was a video webcast, not just an audio one, because we have Teagan Lloyd from Miss Teague Promotions. And also Lauren Horton, from, uh, also from Miss Teague Promotions. And I thought we'd uh, have a bit of a chat about a, a grid girl's perspective of the uh, business of V8 supercars, which, uh, of course, a lot of people see you guys around the track. And, uh, and uh, of course, for you, Teagan, who runs a, a goodly number of girls, what was it, 90 at uh, Sydney last year? Um, yes, was quite a few. People don't appreciate the amount of work it goes in to find people who can actually do that job.
6: Yeah, surprisingly it is hard. A lot of people think it's very
2: easy to be a grid girl.
1: One of the things, Lauren, that you have to get firstly used to is drunken yobbos.
2: Uh, yeah, you have to get used to being around many, um, yeah, many drunken people. The afternoon definitely uh, brings out the best in people, but uh, everyone, everyone's pretty good about it and uh, in a good mood, so it's pretty easy to be around those kind of people.
1: How hard is it for you guys when you first start off walking around in the spandex or the lycra having to uh, deal with, one, wearing the skimpy costumes and, and uh, putting up with the, the heckling? Um,
2: well, I have to defend the uh, skimpy costumes because um, no, Tegan makes sure that we're all pretty well equipped. There's no like, midriff showing or anything like that. So um, I think a lot of the uniforms are, are really good now. Um, but yeah, it's a big adrenaline rush, definitely when you're starting out, sort of on a Friday to Saturday, you sort of ease into it with the practice rounds, and then Saturday, Sunday, I mean, there's so much going on, you're just yeah, really excited to be there as well, so as so everyone else, so you just sort of feed off that, uh,
1: that energy. Teagan, uh, you are responsible for these girls being out there. Um, how much has it changed over the years you've been running uh, Miss Teague Promotions? It has
6: a lot, especially in regards, a lot. To a lot regards to the uniforms. Our V8 supercars have, have got, got very, strict very strict to try to make it try more family-friendly, friendly, which, which also changes the way the, way the, um, people, um, at the people at the race react to the react girls. I think it gives them a bit more respect, so and they're more likely to have, people have people a chat have instead of make rude, rude comments.
1: Have you noticed a major change in the way that the team's <laughs> Are now approaching and uh, and sponsors are now wanting the girls to dress and how they want them to act.
6: Yeah, they're looking yeah, for they're more looking of an more ambassador than um, someone um, to stand someone there and look good. There so someone who knows, someone about, who the knows the about the product and actually, product actually talk, cool. knows the driver they're, the driver they're, actually, they're actually representing, not representing just someone, someone to, to like. Not they're getting away they're
1: from it. When you're looking for girls, Tegan, and like we said, you needed ninety at Sydney last year. What do you what do you have to find when you're looking for someone to come and work for you?
6: I, the main thing I like is if they're friendly. If they can walk up to someone, and a complete stranger, and start having a chat, they've got a, they can always smile, you always look at them, and they always look like they're having fun. So I find that is the main thing, and then looks, so I think, comes second to that, that obviously they need to look good, but personalities go a long, lot further than just being pretty
1: just been having what has been a, a, well, we're still in in it, I guess, a very extended winter break. How have you guys found that winter break?
2: Uh, Tegan, you go. You probably had a nice break, didn't you?
6: Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> it gets pretty full on, like, organising round after round. I went off to Spain, had a lovely break, but now I'm itching to get back in it. We start next week, so all the girls are all ready, so it should be good. They
2: remember
1: what they're doing. <laughs> Lauren, what about for you? Because obviously uh, it does help pay a few bills when you're regularly going to the races.
2: Yeah, yeah, like every every three weeks or so when the races are held, it's obviously um, good fun, but we also get paid to do it. So, um, But yeah, just over the winter break, I also have a part-time job and it was good for me because um, the majority of my netball season is held um, during that winter break. So I was actually pretty pleased that the nine-week break fell in the middle of my season so that I could uh, stay concentrating on my sport. So.
1: Mm. Other than having, having a bit of a break, what has this time allowed you to work on for the rest of this season and going on to next year?
6: getting done at the moment for next year, so it's a good chance for me to sort all that out and actually have time to focus on next year. Also, some new uniforms are getting made for the rest of the year, so it's a good chance to stop and reflect on what we've done and where we're heading and what the um, sponsors want to get out of the rest of the year and
1: beyond. Now, I know actors and uh, performers, dancers, all have rules, uh, Tegan, about uh, how much weight they can actually put on and lose... Throughout the course of a, a performance season, because they uh, have got all their uh, costumes made for them, do you have a similar problem with grid girls?
6: Um, no. The girls are pretty good. They sort of they stay the same. They're really most of them are very weight conscious and look after like health, like by healthy. They eat healthy, they exercise. I'm always the one trying to chase lilies down their throats to give them energy throughout the day, but. They're normally pretty good weight-wise,
1: and they always look good. And one of the things, uh, Lauren, I don't think I've ever seen you suffer this fate, but certainly there was a time there where a lot of the girls were just dropping, dropping over at the back of press conferences.
2: Yeah, it was pretty terrible, wasn't it? And it reflects pretty badly on the rest of us, too. Um, but I think, yeah, Tegan set in some pretty good rules, which are, I mean, they shouldn't be rules. They should just, um, yeah, be common sense. But a lot of the girls just weren't aware of um, what happens. We're standing for after eight hours in the day, and often in the sun and, you know, uh, rounds like Darwin and Townsville, you just need to be having more water than you would usually have. And I think um, a lot of those fainting cases were caused by just girls just probably
1: not thinking very um yeah very responsibly for their bodies so now how bitchy is this uh, industry Lauren uh, you're still out there at the coalface where uh, Tegan's got herself an office job how tough is it between the girls and between the uh, the different sponsors and everything like that
2: uh look um i mean tegan does take majority of the girls now and um to be honest if there's any bitching going on those girls don't last very long because it's a really like us girls really stick together and we have our lunch breaks together we you know have dinner together if we're away from home sort of thing so um if there's bitching going on it it really doesn't last long because those girls don't hang around as as tegan said everyone needs to be friendly and personable and um that's just the, the job doesn't suit them if that's the kind of people they are but um with other sponsors and staff, all the girls, like, we're all doing the same job. We're all surrounded by the same people. So it's usually a pretty friendly environment. so I haven't had many problems myself.
1: And, and Tegan, it, it sort of uh, may surprise a lot of people, but girls like Lauren and a number of uh, your other um, more recognisable girls, they're travelling with you at every race because you want to have that consistency there.
6: Yeah, yeah. A lot of the girls do go to the majority of the races just to keep, like People recognising them; they know what they're doing. It just makes it really good for their sponsors to have a recognisable
1: face. Guys, uh, I thought we'd do uh, a bit of a light-hearted grid girl gas and go. Lauren, which racetrack has the best race fans?
2: To be honest, if I'm just going off last year, um, I think Townsville's atmosphere was incredible, and um, the fact that it was. A, a new round, and um, they had the whole town behind them. Everyone was in great mood, and, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Townsville. Everyone was really good. Mm. Tegan? Yeah, I'd say Townsville, too. They're just
6: so excited to have something up north Queensland that everyone gets behind it. They're all happy to be there. All the shops make V8 supercar deals, and it's just a really cool place to be.
5: Mm.
1: Now, Teagan, what racetrack have you found to be the uh, the male fans get the handsiest with the girls?
6: Oh, oh. Um, I'd probably have to say Bathurst. Yeah. I, yes,
2: I've had a few confrontations with guys at Bathurst.
1: Okay. Lauren, um, your experience? Yeah.
2: Oh, and Yeah, but, uh, Bathurst and maybe Gold Coast. Um, uh, apparently all the guys think they're awesome when they have their shirts off at the Gold Coast and that they're invincible. So, I don't know, we sort of... <laughs> A clear post 3 o'clock uh, around the Goldie
1: mm. Alright now uh, Lauren which uniform is the most comfortable and you think the best looking
2: uh, Big pun for sure <laughs> I did Big Pond for a really long time and I loved the uniform we got to wear little white sneakers and a little cap which was really cute and I thought the dress was really flattering so definitely Big Pond
1: <laughs> Tegan which one do you like
2: um, I used to really like arm roll but this year has been
6: very testing on the girls <laughs> But, yeah. yeah, I still like Armoral though, yep. Yeah. even though the girls are nearly in tears by the end of the day. Why? <laughs> cool. and they have very lovely shoes that are extremely comfortable.
1: No, oh, okay. <laughs> not
6: really. <laughs> yes.
1: I take it's the stilettos.
6: <laughs> yes, and they're a boot that they really struggle to get their foot in, <laughs> like they have had to push their foot up against the wall and pull the shoe on their foot and... But it's getting changed. We're changing it. So
1: that's (laughs) all good. Tegan, when you were around, which driver was the uh, worst flirt?
6: Oh, I didn't. I didn't really have much interaction because I worked for uh, one team, so I only really dealt with those drivers.
1: And there was no one there that was flirting with you?
6: No, I found them really nice. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Lauren, come on, give us some goss. All
2: right. To be honest, um, perhaps maybe because I'm not looking, I just, I have I converse with a lot of the drivers, but they're all really professional, to be honest, and um, I I deal with them at the races, and um, yeah, um, there's definitely no flirting going on at the racetracks, so I think they're all pretty professional. We get to speak to them at the media conferences, and they're all really nice, and understanding of the hard day we've done, and then sort of give a joke of, don't faint, okay, cool, and then, yeah, they're really good.
1: Okay, now Lauren, who's your tip for this year's championship? Uh, James Courtney.
2: I reckon he's I reckon he's gonna do it this year. For
1: sure. oh. Tegan? You, gotta work, to go you, gotta, you you've gotta work out which sponsor you gotta you have gotta work out which sponsor you've gotta keep happy here, don't I you? Don't,
6: looking after a sponsor I don't even
1: have. But no, hopefully James Courtney will win. <laughs> All right, then. Well, that's your special Gas & Go, but of course, Gas & Go is brought to you by the Forex Gold V8 Supercar Survey. It's online now at the 4 Gold V8 Supercar site, or you can go to v8x.com.au and follow the links to that. We appreciate the time that uh, both of you have spent uh, here. Looking forward to catching up with you both down there at Phillip Island when we uh, see racing resumed after this nine-week break. Yeah,
6: I can't wait.
1: The White Flag Lap is up next, and uh, this week's White Flag Lap, we find out what rock stars were in the car with Todd and Rick Kelly at Phillip
3: Island this week. I hope you'll stay with us. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders.
4: You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing,
5: Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen.
2: You're listening to V8 Insiders.
1: Earlier this week, Benji and Joel Madden, better known as the brothers that run Good Charlotte, had a chance to go to Phillip Island and jump into the Kelly Racing Commodores. Mm,
2: I'm sure not many people get to do that in their life, so that's one of those things where you just go, hell yeah, you know? So,
5: really, really awesome.
2: Like to see them spend a week Living life out on the street I don't think they were I mean, Being on stage is good adrenaline, you know, but it's, you're a little bit more in control And in, in the car I was just like
5: pretty much just holding on
2: That was really awesome. I'd like to do it again. I'd like to drive one.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if I want to drive one. It seems so,
2: like, addictive. Yeah, it seems so. The car.
0: It's like, when I'm, I was sitting there, and I was like, how the hell is he controlling this thing? It's crazy. The turns were off. Awesome. They were. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. These guys wanted to have a drive themselves by the end of it, which was pretty exciting for us. I mean, I'd probably let them lose in Todd's car and see how they went. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's pretty amped and pretty excited about it. It's a big time for us at the moment, and it presents itself with some great opportunities of winning such iconic events as Phillip Island, and um, everyone's put in a
1: lot of effort, and hopefully we can do it.
2: We're trying to get our passports, so that's what we're doing. We want to become citizens. Oh wait, no, we have a new record. That's why we're here. Um, yeah, no, we have a uh, new record coming out uh, October 29th called Cardiology. It's our uh, our fifth album, and uh, we're we're always psyched to come back to Australia. So uh, it's kind of our second home, you know.
0: It's an awesome track to, to take someone for a passenger ride around this place and uh, he was pretty cool. He, uh, he looked quite relaxed. I was having a bit of a look in the mirror to make sure he was alright and uh, I think he really enjoyed it. One of the perks of what uh, Rick and I do, to be able to meet guys like this and uh, take them on a, on a passenger ride and create a little bit of a memory for those guys as well as us. It's, um, you know you, you realise how lucky you are, it's an awesome day for us.
1: Well, after a taste like that, perhaps we'll be seeing good Charlotte as part of one of the rock and race formulas. That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. Until next time round, keep smiling
3: and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders only on v8x.com.au.